Welcome to the inaugural season of the Bruin Shaver Sports Podcast, where for 30 minutes once a week, we talk about all the things that make us love sports, the games, the rivalries, and of course, the personalities. We are stoked that you're listening. And now, here's Ben and Darren. And welcome back to another week of the Brew and Shaver Sports Podcast. We are coming off probably one of the most exciting weekends in college football uh, that I can remember. Darren, what do you think? I'm telling you, the amount of upsets and close games and overtimes, and it's going to be an exciting week anyway because it's rivalry week. But, man, did so many games live up to and and exceed what expectations were. Now, Darren, I don't see a cowboy hat, and I don't see boots, and I don't see a mullet. Well, here's my problem. I was all in on the cowboy hat. But I can't – it hit me as I was watching the game and, of course, obviously excited about what Oklahoma State was doing. I've been spent all this time talking about a white cowboy hat. I have to have an orange cowboy hat. I don't even <laughs> think I could call myself uh, one of the cowboys if I had a white cowboy hat. So, so I, I'd rather just not have one at all than mess up on that level. So <laughs> – we will talk more about that great pick, Oklahoma State uh, winning uh, big game against the Oklahoma Sooners. We'll talk about that in a few minutes, but the unpredictability of this season has been so fun to watch, but it's really hurt the percentage of correct picks that we've made. Very much so. <laughs> <laughs> it almost feels like you should go opposite of your gut because that's what's going to happen here lately. <laughs> Well, before we get to the games from last week and look ahead to the conference championships coming up this week, there's big news on the coaching front. I mean, we we hadn't even digested our Thanksgiving dinner, and all of a sudden we start hearing news. And the first first domino to fall was uh, Billy Napier leaving uh, the Raging Cajuns at the University of Louisiana and heading uh, to Gainesville to coach uh, the Florida Gators. Uh, Darren, uh, what are you hearing about this, and, and what do you think about it? You know, some of the stuff I've read, people have had some, some not overly positive things to say uh, because it's it's not going out to get a big name as far as, you know, somebody that's already in a Power 5 job, even a Power 5 coordinator. Uh, so I've seen a kind of a mixed bag of comments, you know, just looking at things on Twitter and what fans have to say and a little bit from 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 media um, referring to it. I've seen it a couple of times being referred to as a B-list hire. I got to tell you, you know, with us, we have some regional bias. You know, we watch probably more Louisiana Lafayette games than than a lot of other people do outside of the state. If I'm a Florida fan, this is an exciting hire to me. Uh, because if you look at his his coaching lineage, the people he's worked under and worked with, if you look at the way he's run the program at UL Lafayette, recruiting strong, you know, to the best of his ability, locking down borders, keeping people that were reasonable shots for them to get uh, uh, in-house and, and them not going to schools in Texas and different things like that. And, and his style of offense is an exciting style of offense. And, you know, you can, you can oftentimes tell a lot about how uh, the style of a coach and, and how successful a coach has been by looking at the reaction of, of where he's leaving. And, and the people in Lafayette, Louisiana are not happy. 
because uh, they feel like they had their guy that had already done incredible things and was going to do even more, uh, you know, taking taking the school to to being in top 25 and things like that. As a Vanderbilt fan, honestly, it kind of bothers me that this is the flyer, the hire that Florida has made. I, I feel like this is a quality hire. Uh, and it, you know, who knows? Things don't don't always work out the way you, you think they're going to. But I really, honestly, believe this is a quality hire that can honestly, uh, uh, over the next several years, pay some very strong dividends for Florida and the Florida fan base. I agree with you. Uh, Billy Napier is a great coach. He's done a fantastic job down at Louisiana. Uh, a big hire for Florida. I think this guy is an up and comer in the mm-hmm. coaching uh, profession. And so I, I, am spot on in agreement with you. Let's talk about the next big domino to fall. And this was quite a, quite a bit of a shocker. Uh, the name Lincoln Riley, the coach at former coach at Oklahoma now had been coming up in connection with the LSU coaching search. And it's hard to tell how much legitimacy there was there because Frankly, you get on Twitter and you're seeing all these accounts with people who have insider information and you don't write. You could be some guy in his parents' basement, you know, just (laughs) tweeting away. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, But after the loss to Oklahoma State, the the postgame press conference, Lincoln Riley was asked uh, about the LSU job and he said he was not going to be the coach. Well, he didn't say anything about USC. Right. And in a matter of 24 hours, we're getting the news that he is the new head coach at USC. So, Darren, what, what's your take on this? What are you hearing? You know, I, I honestly believe that the whole LSU thing was probably uh, a, a media campaign by his his agent to push the, the size of the contract at USC. USC is probably the only conversation that was ever going on. Uh, I, I also going back and looking at his press conference, and we'll talk about this a little bit more t- toward the end when we get into four down territory. I also see this as a very strategic thing. As soon as any job came up, he made a very definitive statement that was the only one he could make, uh, and then really kind of harshly, you know, shut it down. Next question. I, I think that was very strategic on his part. Uh, that way, he could hopefully avoid any USC questions. Uh, and, and I, you know, the reactions have been all across the board and, and, and I'm going to kind of give my own reaction and you and you and I have talked about this a little bit off podcast. I, I feel like, you know, one of the, the things that's been an issue in big 12 football for, for several years, honestly, up until this year has been a ton of offense and no defense. Uh, and now you're Lincoln Riley, you're the coach of Oklahoma and you have, uh, played in this league where you could put up 50, 60, you know, 70 points sometimes. And, and as long as you could outscore the other team, defense really didn't matter. If final score was 40, 48, 45, so be it. And now you're moving into the SEC where you've got teams like Georgia, who is allowing 3.9 yards per play uh, for the entire season, not just in one team, one game against one opponent they dominated. For the entire season, they're averaging allowing 3.9 yards per play. Uh, and I, I think, and, and this will not be a popular take with Big 12 fans and or Pac-12 fans, I, I think this was the only move that Lincoln Riley felt made sense for him. I don't think he wanted to coach offense in a league that has the defense's on the scale 
that the SEC does. Because I think you got a little bit of a taste this year when everybody in Big 12 kind of stepped up their defense. And it, 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 you can be the most passionate Big or Pac-12 fan in the world, and I still don't think you can deny the fact that it's not a defensive league. Uh, and so I think he went to a place where his style of offense, his style of program – can flourish and you know at USC you're not worried about recruiting you you can lock down your area and and recruit in on a way that that people only wish they could outside of that area and I, I, I think this was a move to further elevate his career maybe somewhere someday end up in the NFL and avoid the SEC like I said I know that probably won't be popular with certain fan bases but I but I really think that was the core of the move he's avoiding the SEC you know, uh, Darren, I tend to agree with you. Uh, Paul Feinbaum was defending him, saying he's a good coach. He's not running from anything. But I think you hit it on the head. He has a much easier path to the college playoff at a Pac-12 mm-hmm. school. Absolutely. It's, it's widely considered the weakest of the Power Five conferences. Um, he doesn't have to, to face the challenges of SEC opponents week in and week out, let alone uh, – probably as we've talked about before the the greatest college football coach ever Nick Saban is still doing a really great job at Alabama and uh so I I agree with you I I didn't like the way he handled everything I thought he was very deceiving deceptive in his press conference absolutely um and uh I I thought and then I think well he's 38 years old he's he's still a young guy but boy he could have handled that better and yeah and i'm not buying the narrative that they made a decision in two or three hours i don't know Agreed. any guy who could tell his wife hey we, i want to move across the country what do you think can we make a decision in two hours i don't know any wife that's going to say yeah why not all right so here's what we're doing you got 90 minutes and we're going to pack up the kids and go from oklahoma to los angeles deal okay can you see that conversation going well <laughs> That is not going to go well at all. And, and you're right. I, I think it was the whole thing was very strategic from the word go. Uh, and, and probably a lot of it was, I mean, that's part of what these guys pay agents, the money they pay them for. I mean, think about it from his perspective. Uh, you have an opportunity in the next couple of years where you're going to move into the SEC and you're going to be playing Georgia, Alabama, uh, Auburn, who, you know, showed this weekend, we'll talk about that in a little bit, has maybe got some, some good days ahead of them. Uh, Arkansas, uh, Tennessee, Florida with their new hire. Or you can go to the Pac-12 where you can play Colorado, Arizona, Stanford, who may or may not be having a good year, Cal, Oregon State. And that's not to be slight in any way against those teams, but that's week in and week out the kind of schedules you'll be facing. I, I, I think the whole thing was very strategic, and he, he knew exactly what he was doing for his career and his style of coaching. Yeah, very strategic on his part. Now, an interesting subplot here is that in 2024, LSU and USC are scheduled to play. I think it's a game on a neutral field in Las Vegas. So let's just uh, – let's see if LSU fans uh, remember – because they, they, some of them appear to, to feel slighted uh, by Lincoln Riley's comments Saturday night, mm-hmm. and, and we'll, we'll see how much bad blood still exists there, which, <laughs> which takes us into the segue for just a few hours ago, breaking news, LSU, uh, AD Scott Woodward, 
has decided to go after Brian Kelly at Notre Dame. It looks like a hiring is imminent, probably a press conference tomorrow. And so um, uh, another, another big development in college football. Yes. And, and Ben, you usually ask me, what are my thoughts? Uh, you are, uh, between the two of us, definitely the biggest LSU fan. So I'll let you take the lead on this one. What are your thoughts? My first reaction was, oh, when I heard the news, please, <laughs> please, God, tell me this is not true. <laughs> um, I, I think I, I don't know if if Brian Kelly is ready for the pressure of coaching at LSU. Uh, he's never coached in a league like the SEC, never been in a conference like this. Um, I've over the years, I've listened to him whine when Alabama trounces them. In the- mm-hmm. um, he had a pretty cupcake schedule at Notre Dame and still struggled to get into the playoffs. And when he did, he typically got pounded by an SEC school. Um, I, you know, I'm just – I'm very skeptical of, of this. Uh, I just – I, I'm just not sure about this. Uh, his offenses tend to be pretty stale, what I've seen uh, from Notre Dame. Uh, the inability to beat powerhouse programs. Let's face it, the guy's 60 years old. Now, Saban's still growing, going strong at 70, but I think Saban at 70 looks better than Brian Kelly does at 60. And <laughs> so, you know, he's not an up-and-coming coach. I, I'm puzzled by this. I, I don't understand yeah. it. Uh, you know, honestly – my first thought was, you know, all of the conversation has been about Scott Wilbur being a big game hunter. I've heard that phrase and read that phrase in different articles and on podcasts every day since the, the move was made away from Coach O. And I think um, it, it's at least a possibility that Scott Wilbur read too many of his own press clippings, as they say, uh, and has fallen victim to the, the thought process of I'll go get a big name and that'll be the best name. And I don't think that's going to be the case here. I mean, obviously he went and got a big name, no matter what your thoughts are about Brian Kelly. And, and I very much aligned with just about everything you said, Ben, I, I mean, in total agreement, but he is the winningest coach in Notre Dame history. Uh, and, and Scott Woodward went and pulled him away from Notre Dame. That's a big name get. But I do not believe that the biggest name is always the best name. Uh, and just like we just talked about a few minutes ago with Billy, Na- Billy Napier at Florida, that was not the big name. That was probably not on most people's top five. I think that's going to turn out to be a, big, a good hire because Florida went after quality in their program looking at the future. I think, I think this one potentially – and again, who knows how things are ever going to work out, but especially when you consider everything that you just uh, outlined, Ben, I think this is the one that Scott Woodward will end up going after the biggest name was not necessarily the best plan and, and, and could end up being a, a very poor decision that leads to some very uncomfortable uh, conversations in, in, within three years. I, I think that's at least a possibility. I think the the Billy Napier hiring by Florida was much better than the LSU hiring. Agree. Um, I, I'm I'm reading stuff on Twitter that he's uh, all time. Was he the winningest coach right now? I know he is at Notre Dame, but 
you also you almost have to put an asterisk by some of these when you look at the schedules and yes. you look at what he's done when he's taken his team on the national stage. Um, I, I just I, I'm I'm struggling with this as a fan. I, I was on the edge of my seat, stayed up late last night expecting to see breaking news coming across, mm-hmm. and this was like just a punch in the gut. Like, okay, that's great. He has a lot of wins, but. So does – I know a lot of coaches in peewee football that have a yep. lot of wins. You know, you're not just going to hire them and say, come and right. hand, hand them the keys to an elite SEC program. Uh, I, yeah. I, uh, I honestly yeah. think if, if they would have hired Billy Napier from just down the road, it would have excited the fan base more than Brian Kelly. I, yeah. I, I, I might be wrong on that, but I, I really think that's the case. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, one I will give Brian Kelly one piece of credit here, and that is, unlike Lincoln Riley, he didn't run from a challenge. Uh, this is going to be a much more difficult situation than he faced at Notre Dame. Yes. Um, and, of course, LSU, you know you're going to get the talent, but what can Brian Kelly do with this talent is going to be a big question. I hope, hope, and hope. He does not try to bring that offensive philosophy from Notre Dame and plug it into LSU. And, and, you know, that's throughout the years. You know, even back to the to, the less miles days, that was always the conversation. Boring offense, predictable offense, unproductive offense. It, you know, it, it, Coach O has fought and, and, and had the same things outside of one year said about him. And it's just really interesting to me, uh, or confounding, I guess, honestly, that with that history as a program, th- that someone with Brian Kelly's offensive philosophy, or what seems to be his offensive philosophy, uh, would be the higher. I, it's really, really confounding. When you look at what he's done this year at Notre Dame, a three-point overtime win against Florida State, first game of the year. A three-point win against Toledo, a 14-point win against Purdue. Um, Wisconsin, they had a really big win. I'll give them credit for that. Then they came back the next week, lost on their home field to Cincinnati, who mm-hmm. we're debating should even be in the playoffs. We, you know, we'll see how that plays out. A three-point win against Virginia Tech, which did not have a good year. Uh, a 15-point uh, win against uh, USC, which USC is nothing, not, not a powerhouse this year. 10-point win against Notre Dame. Big win against Navy, big win against Virginia, big win against Georgia Tech, big win against Stanford, big deal, all those wins. There, I don't see anything on here outside of the Wisconsin game that I would say, well, that's a really good quality win. Mm-hmm. Agree. Uh, I, and, you know, you can look at their schedule the whole time he's been there. I mean, when you're not in a conference and you can just go pick whoever you want to play, again, that's that's going to be – that's a much, much – different schedule than you'll face now that you're going to be in the SEC West. And one more thing I'll say about this, because I'm on a roll about this tonight, (laughs) and that is there are no moral victories at LSU or any SEC school. So this narrative that I've heard him say at Notre Dame, oh, our guys played hard. We we, we played them closer than the score showed. No, you that, that that does not fly in the SEC, and that will not fly in Baton Rouge. There are no moral victories. There, no one's going to accept. Oh, we played Alabama tough, or we we hung with Georgia till the very end. No, that's not the way it works. There's a win, and there is a loss, and there yep. is no in between. 
And you couldn't be more spot on. It's, it's going to be interesting. Oh, where's the Advil? <laughs> okay, so let's get to our games from last week. Um, and uh, a huge win. Harbaugh finally gets the monkey off of his back. A big, big win against the Ohio State Buckeyes. I tell you, Darren, Michigan looked impressive. Uh, completely. I, they, even though I, I, I expected something from Michigan, obviously it picked Ohio State. I expected Michigan to give them a game. But I did not expect Michigan to come. Michigan to come out and look the way they did. Um, that was that was a very very impressive showing, uh, and really gives a lot of um, even more intrigue uh, to to their game uh, this week that we'll we'll talk about later. But man, they really really showed something that that honestly prior to Saturday you you didn't know if they had it and you didn't know if Jim Harbaugh had it to get it out of them. And both of us, let's just let's be honest and admit it, both of us did not think they had it. We picked yeah. against them. Both of us, we sure did. Yeah, I, I honestly expected Ohio State to win by a couple of touchdowns. Yeah, I was right with you. But you redeemed yourself with a stellar pick. You stuck with your Cowboys, and down in Stillwater, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State made a case, another case, of why they should be considered for the playoff. They'll get a championship game this week against Baylor to solidify that case. Yes. But that was a big win against the Sooners, and Darren, you called it, so congratulations. And, and I tell you, I, I, we talked a little bit about their defense, but I, I think you could really, really see that. Their defense really stood strong. It honestly did a lot of things that we talked about uh, on the podcast last week. Uh, they really led that effort uh, and I think made that possible. And then another big game, the Iron Bowl, which I think was a lot closer than most of us imagined that game would be. <laughs> and if Auburn had had any semblance of an offense, oh, goodness gracious. They, they, they would have won, but come on. The, the way I saw that, Darren, was when Alabama had the ball with a minute and something left and they had 97 yards to go, mm-hmm. boy, if, if you as Auburn let them march down the field and score, <laughs> you don't deserve yeah. to win. No, that's exactly right. Uh, and, and, you know, I got to say, uh, obviously Auburn did not stand uh, at the moment that they needed to. Uh, and, and then as overtime developed, obviously that didn't didn't go well. But you know, Auburn's defense was very surprising to me for the majority of the game. Now, uh, again, as a Vanderbilt fan, I couldn't help but sit there and go, oh, "Gosh, it's like watching uh, Vanderbilt during some of the Derek Mason days. Incredible defense, but nobody <laughs> could score if their life depended on it." Which, by the way. Uh, I did see reports that Auburn has released uh, Mike Bobo as the offensive mm. coordinator. That's happened just in the last little bit. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, if you're the offensive coordinator and your offense can't score, that's not exactly job security. Exactly. And and that's the nature of the SEC. So yep. um, I hope, hope Brian Kelly realizes that. Sorry, yep. I went back to that previous topic. <laughs> It, it's okay. We'll be there with you. It's okay. <laughs> I, I really need some therapy right yeah. now. 
I'm just not seeing this. Okay, so let's no. get let's look at the upcoming uh, conference uh, championship games that we have this week because the season is not yet over. No, and, it's championship uh, Saturday. Such a it's great gonna time. It's going to be fun. Yes. So we start off with um, Friday, actually. There are two championship games, and I know my policy on Friday night games, and uh, boy, this is tough. Uh, Western Kentucky is uh, in the Conference USA is facing the number 22 ranked UTSA Roadrunners who were coming off of an unfortunate loss to North Texas. They kind of got manhandled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they and really Darren, did. <laughs> so, so, Darren, who you got here, Hilltoppers or Roadrunners? You know, I'm going to be full disclosure. Uh, everything about me is thinking UTSA and, and the Roadrunners, and, and that is the direction I, I, I'm going to go. I'm going to pick the Roadrunners. But for some weird reason, I have this little bit of a gut that tells me that Western Kentucky could make this one of those surprise games that nobody sees coming. Uh, so I at least want to throw that out there as, as a possibility. But, but I, I, I think the Roadrunners win this one. I agree. I'm going to go with the Roadrunners as well. So, um, road runners as well. I think I said that too fast. Okay. Another game Friday night at seven o'clock is the PAC 12 championship. Uh, trust me, high school football is better than this. Uh, we have the number 11 ranked Oregon ducks facing it's a rematch with the Utes yep. from Utah and the Utes, uh, took it to Oregon, uh, just a, a couple of weeks ago, a week or two ago. And um, we have a rematch here. Darren, how do you see this game unfolding? I feel like it's almost impossible to win a rematch, especially when you look at, you know, when you get into a conference championship. But I I just, man, and I know I'm going to regret this because they've made me regret it every single time. But I I feel like uh, Utah is going to win this a second time. They're going to win this rematch. I'm going with the Utes. If for no other reason, just if they win, we get to talk about the Utes more. So, the Utes, I like it, and I like to say Ute. Yes, um, definitely. Props to my cousin Vinny. Yes, uh, and your cousin as well. <laughs> but um, I think rematches are tough, and yep. I'm going with Oregon here. I think I think they've got more to play for at this point, and so um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Ducks. Yeah, so, I, I, that, that's 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 going to be a hard one because, like you said, rematches yeah. are very difficult. Going into the Big Twelve Championship, I, I tell you, Saturday starts off with some some exciting games, oh, uh, absolutely, including the big uh, featuring the Big Twelve Championship. We have uh, Baylor versus Oklahoma State, and of course, the way the Big Twelve does things, every team plays every other team in the regular season. Mm-hmm. So this will be the second time Baylor and Oklahoma State have played each other. I know you've been on the Cowboy train for most of this season. Darren, are you sticking with your Cowboys? Putting on my orange Cowboy hat. I am uh, jumping on the wagon, and, and we are riding this one out. I, I'm sticking with the Cowboys. <laughs> I kind of figured you would. And <laughs> I'm going for a sentimental pick Uh Dave Aranda, defensive coordinator at LSU, uh, doing a fantastic job at Baylor. I am so disappointed that yep. he was not strongly considered for the LSU job. 
And so I'm picking the Baylor Bears to win the Big 12 championship. You know, I got to be honest. I'm I'm all in on the Cowboys, but to see Dave Aranda have that kind of success will not would not hurt my feelings. You you just can't help but pull for the guy. Yeah, yeah, and I was hoping that uh, the powers that be at LSU uh, would recognize the great job he's done. Mm-hmm. So the MAC championship, we have uh, the Golden Flashes from Kent State facing a, a perennial power in the MAC, the Northern Illinois Huskies. I, I think they've been down to the Independence Bowl here before. Yes. Um, Darren. So uh, who you got here? You know, and last time we had Kent State in the pick em. I picked against Kent State and they won. So this time I'll, I'll pick Kent State. We'll see what happens. How about you? I'm going to make my pick based upon the mascots, Golden Flash. I don't really know what that is, but I know what a Husky <laughs> is, and those are beautiful dogs. I'm going with Northern Illinois. All right, so that takes us to the Mountain West Championship Saturday afternoon. The Utah State Aggies and Brady Hoax, San Diego State Aztecs. A, an incredible season for them at 11-1. Yes. And, and uh, Darren, I'm going to jump ahead of you here, but I'm going to go with the Aztecs here. I, I like what Brady Hoke is doing there. I, I, I can't pick against Brady Hoke at this point, so I, I'm completely on board. You know, if you remember, Brady Hoke helped us break the curse. He helped us reverse <laughs> the curse. We referred to it as the Brady Hoke train, and they won anyway. So we, we, we got to keep going with Brady Hoke. <laughs> I love it. I love it. In the Sunbelt Championship, also Saturday afternoon, uh, App, Appalachian State Mountaineers, uh, facing Louisiana Raging Cajuns, uh, you know, saying goodbye to their coach, Billy Napier. Um, who you like here, Darren? You know, I think it's all just going to end up being too much with everything that's going on. And, and Appy State, man, they are a good team. I, I think Appy State wins this one. Well, I'm going to stick uh, with the Raging Cajuns. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm going to say they're going to pull this out somehow, some way, with everything going on. That takes us to a, an afternoon game on Saturday that, frankly, we've been talking about, as have a lot of people, mm-hmm. for probably over a month now. And that yep. is the possibility of Georgia and Alabama in the SEC championship. I cannot wait for this one, Darren. Mm-hmm. You've got Georgia, the you know, generational defense that has dominated yes. this year against the mastermind Nick Saban. Wow. Yeah. What more could we ask for? And as you look at this game, Darren, who who are you picking? Uh, you know, and and this might be riding the bandwagon or whatever. I don't know how you pick against Georgia. Uh, when you look at the struggles, and, and Alabama is still Alabama. They're in this game at 11-1. and one. But when you look at the struggles, where their specific struggles have been, offensive line, running game, uh, those are things that just screams Georgia will exploit. Uh, you know, they are the, those are the things that they can even make teams that aren't struggling with struggle. Uh, in, in the process of a game. I feel like Georgia, I, I, I do believe it's going to be an exciting game, but I think Georgia wins this one. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, I think Kirby Smart's finally going to get that win against Saban. Yep. Um, but it's I expect it to be a good game. Mm-hmm. 
Moving on to the AAC, the American Athletic Championship, we have the Houston Cougars uh, as surprising 11-1. and one. Not many people are talking about Houston. Uh, facing uh, the number four ranked, of course, Cincinnati Bearcats. As of right now, they're one of the four playoff teams. Darren, who's going to win this game? I, I really honestly think Cincinnati is going to take advantage of this opportunity and do what they are supposed to do. I think Luke, Luke Fickle will have them uh, ready to go, and I think Cincy pulls this one out. I love Cincinnati. I love what Luca Fickle's been doing up there. I have a gut feeling here, though, that somehow, some way, Houston's going to pull off an upset. So I'm going to pick them to win. I, I tell you what, that might be the sleeper game, honestly. Like you said, Houston's sitting there at 11 and 1, you know, ranked number 24 in the country, ranked higher than that in some polls. I think that has the potential to be a, a game that, that keeps you on your edge of your seat for the majority of the game. I'm not afraid to wear the brown bag. I've already worn it this season. <laughs> a Saturday night game, we have the Big Ten Championship against the Michigan Wolverines, who are just rolling, and the Iowa Hawkeyes, who got in because Wisconsin lost. So right. we got a couple of different trajectories here, and uh, – Darren, I'm going to go with the Wolverines here. Yeah, I agree completely. I think one of the things you can say for sure about Iowa this year, this season especially, is every time they have a chance to elevate their status, they fall short. Uh, and, and, and Michigan has proven. Uh, obviously, they've had some stumbles, but but when you look at what they've done, especially in the last few games, when they need what they how they need to perform, they exceed that. And, and I think that'll be the case in this game. Another Saturday night conference championship game is the ACC championship and Clemson is nowhere to be found. We have the Pitt Panthers with a stellar quarterback in Kenny Pickett, who's setting all kinds of records against a very good Wake Forest team. Who you like here, Darren? Uh, you know, this is uh, I, I, Pitt is favored. Uh, and I understand that, especially when you talk about Kenny Pickett and that, 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 that uh, experience that he brings uh, but I, I think this is going to be an absolute uh, barn burner, for, for lack of a better term. Probably a 1,000 yards of offense, probably 100 total points scored. But I, I think Wake Forest pulls off the upset here and, and claims the uh, ACC championship. I'm going to stick with the Pitt Panthers, and um, but I agree with you. I think this is going to be a really fun game to watch. Mm -hmm. I, I wish the games – weren't scheduled at the same time. So I'm looking at the Agreed. schedule. Oh, I'm going to have to have two or three TVs yep. connected here. Uh, it's going to be a fun Saturday. Definitely. Well, I think, I think Darren, this takes us to our four down territory, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. So as you look at the schedule coming up this week, uh, who is your sure thing pick? Well, I think, uh, I'm going to go, obviously, we're, we're just picking within the conference championships. But, you know, as I said, uh, I, I, I have to go with Oklahoma State. <laughs> we're, I'm going to throw on uh, the, the orange cowboy hat and ride the wagon until it, it tips over and throws me off. So I, I, I'm, I'm going to go with Oklahoma State is my sure thing. Good pick, good pick. And I was expecting nothing less from you, Darren. 
In fact, we're going to have to take a road trip to Stillwater if they make it to the playoff. I think and, so. Uh, we're going to just have to figure out how to record the podcast live from Eskimo <laughs> Joe's. I, that sounds like a good day to me. I got to be honest. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with the Michigan Wolverines. Harbaugh okay. shook the monkey off his back. Usually yep. when things like this happen, they make for a very special season. And I think Michigan is going to come away with the Big Ten Championship. And I think they're going to find a way possibly to get into the, uh, the college football playoff. So how about your upset pick for the week? Uh, my upset pick, like I mentioned when we were talking about it, Wake Forest is actually uh, the three-point underdog uh, in that game. Uh, and so I'm going to go with them as my upset. How about you? I'm going to stick with the Houston Cougars. Dana Holgerson is trying to build something there. He's in a rich, rich recruiting area, um, a lot of competition for those players, but he is, seems to really be building something. So I think the Cougars are going to shock everybody, uh, unfortunately, for Cincinnati. Uh, how about your, your brown bag pick of the week, Ben? Well, actually, we've referenced this already, but I don't see how we can ignore it. Uh, so I'm going to wrap uh, the uh, – post-game quote of the week up in a brown bag and, and present the whole thing to Lincoln Riley, uh, you know, to, to at the end of that press conference say it's such a definitive way, you know, as soon as the question, you know, the, the, the guy that was asking the question said, you know, it's not just a few rumors, it's all over the place. And he immediately steps in and says, let me stop you right there. I will not be the next coach at LSU. And then there was this long pause where, you know, he was showing some aggravation. And he says, next question. Uh, as we discussed earlier, I think there were so many different ways to handle that. Um, we've seen coaches do it before, so it's not overly shocking. But it, but it doesn't make it any more, especially as a fan base, it doesn't make it any less frustrating. Uh, and so that's – I'm going to use the post-game quote of the week to, to – uh, give my brown bag to Lincoln Riley. How about you? You know, Darren, I, I want to, uh, I, I want to join you in that brown bag pick. I, I think the way he handled it was, was not good. And so right. I, I agree. I agree with you on that. And, and so is that also your quote of the week, your post game quote of the week? You know, it, it, it is, but I, I'm going to throw one more in uh, because this is a, a breaking news that, that I just saw come across uh, just a, a, a little ago, as, as we've been talking and recording uh, uh, for an, an anti-Brown bag that's going to be uh, a quote or action of the week, Jim Harbaugh at Michigan, who you picked as your sure thing, uh, has announced, uh, he and his wife announced that uh, any incentive bonuses that they would have received, which somebody has put out numbers that that'll be somewhere in the three and a half million dollar range, he is going to turn back over to the athletic department to make up uh, salary uh, deficiencies that people had to take pay cuts during Corona uh, within the athletic department. And so that I'm going to make that an action uh, that will have like an anti-brown bag and uh, him saying that, that that's what he's going to do will be our quote of the week, et cetera. That just came across. But, you know, after all of our conversation about some of the things that go on within coaching, I thought that was really something to share. Pretty incredible action on, on, on Jim Harbaugh and he, and his wife's part. That's that's beautiful. Thank you for bringing yep. that up, Darren. I 
I love the fact that you're staying on top of everything that's happening in college football. That's a wonderful story. Thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. So that's a wrap for another another show. And uh, so enjoy all of these conference championship games this weekend. We will be back next Tuesday. Remember, new episodes drop every Tuesday at 6 a.m. on your favorite podcast platforms. But we will be back next Tuesday to break down all the games, all the conference championship games, where we are with the college playoffs and possibly some more coaching news to report. So, so hope that you'll come back next Tuesday. Thank you so much for being the loyal listeners that you are. Yes. Enjoy another great week. Enjoy championship football. week.